Hey, I'm Adrian, East Fania. Hi, I'm Angela aus Deutschland. And, and we, we are, are Black, Black Women, Women in, Europe. in Europe. You can subscribe to our podcast on most major platforms like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, Amazon Music, and Audible, and many more. And be sure to check out our link tree in the show notes so that you can follow us on all social media platforms and check out our blog. If you'd like to be a guest on our podcast or know someone who'd be a great guest, please contact us at podcast at blackwomeninyourup.com. And we are so excited that you're here today. And here is our next guest. Welcome to the Black Women in Europe podcast and Happy New Year, everyone. We've got our first guest today, um, Joseph Johnson. He's in North Carolina, and we're going to have a great conversation about a, a wide-ranging uh, set of topics. But first, I would just like to um, ask our overseas American voters to request your absentee ballots at votefromabroad.org. Um, you can start requesting absentee ballots on Jan on January 1st. So do it now. And if you're not registered to vote, you can fill out the exact same form and it registers you to vote. It's very simple. It takes like less than five minutes to do. Um, if you're in the United States and you need to register to vote, uh, you can go to IWillVote.com and you can actually register to vote. And you can also, if you think you're already registered, check your registration and that they have it for all 50 states. Um, it's really important that everybody vote this year. I know we, I know everybody said that last in 2020, but um, I think we're, we're in a situation where we won a battle in 2020, but we didn't win the war. Um, welcome, Joseph. So glad, glad to be here. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Um, um, thanks, Angela. Yeah, you're you're in North Carolina, which I for a while I thought was going to be a blue state. Mm. Um, but in the last big election in 2020, it seemed like like we kind of went back from that in a way. Yeah, I mean, we did. I mean, there is. Um, I mean, it's it's, it's an open. It's pretty much a, a commonly held and, and open uh, uh, secret about North Carolina. We would be a blue state if not for the extensive gerrymandering that's taken place, you know, in North Carolina. So that's what we're up against more than anything else. Like, you know, if, if we were going off the population um, uh, being uh, uh, measured, you know, in an equitable fashion, um, and, it's the, and it's one of the biggest issues that's facing, you know, North Carolina politics. Um, we were found to have uh, unconstitutionally gerrymandered districts, and we've actually had um, elections that have been, you know, postponed and shifted uh, while those districts are e evaluated. And this is what the Republicans have done here. You know, they have created an environment where they're able to choose their voters, and they don't have to really petition across the aisle at all. Um, so if we were just going off of the general population, the population of Raleigh, the population of Charlotte, all the urban areas uh, here in North Carolina um, lean Democratic and have larger populations. But because of gerrymandering, uh, we've created districts, we've, create, we've created Republican strongholds that are difficult to break. And without some sort of uh, intervention um, at the legal level, uh, it's, it's not going to be rectified. 
Um, you know, there's a, an author, um, I think she works at Duke University also. Her name is Nancy, I'm sure there's tons of authors there, but her name is Nancy McLean, and she wrote a book, uh, what was, A Democracy in Chains. It came out in 2017, mm -hmm. and it, it focused on basically how, especially in North Carolina, the, the, the government, I mean, just basically that the, the Republicans have kind of put such constraints around voting and democracy in general that, you know, <laughs> it's not, we're not doing it. I just want, you don't know, you don't know her by any chance, do you? No, no, not off the top of my head. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot, there are a lot of intelligent minds at Duke University, you know, um, obviously, and I've worked with a few of them. I've come across a few of them uh, in producing academic course content. Um, but no, I'm not familiar with that uh, individual specifically. Um, there are individuals within the political science department um, that I have worked with who have uh, reiterated that, that very same claim. Um, and it's not even a claim, I mean, it's, a, it's a fact. I mean, you know, voter ID is something that, you know, they have pushed for, you know, heavily uh, closing down uh, polling locations, clo closing, um, uh, uh, restricting uh, voting hours, uh, getting getting rid of early voting. These are all tactics that they've that they've applied uh, here in North Carolina. Uh, the Reverend William Barber uh, is uh, based out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Here, um, and I don't know if you've heard about the Moral Monday um, yes. uh, campaign and uh, his drive to continue the work of Martin Luther King, um, uh, and basically make in making voting more equitable. Um, but the Reverend William Barber, you know, he was uh, uh, arrested for protesting at the North Carolina legislature, um, you know, about these very, these very same issues. So it's a situation here where, and like I said, it's an open secret. Everybody knows that, you know, the voting here is rigged. Um, and uh, there haven't been uh, adequate steps to remedy that going into 20, 2022. And that's one of my biggest concerns is that, you know, we're trying to push people to get, I don't want to discourage people from voting. We need to vote, we need to vote in overwhelming numbers. So whenever we, these um, results are contested at the legal level, you know, the the evidence is undeniable. Uh, that, yes. That's the only thing that we can do at this point. Yeah, everyone really needs to vote this year. Um, and start early like getting it together because because there's so many states that are trying to get people out of the voting rolls you know yeah. and they they put up all sorts of barriers especially for people overseas you know they they take pete sometimes i've never experienced this but i've i've heard from a lot of people who have experienced problems with getting just just being able to register you know um they some there i mean sometimes there's people in states that don't even know that if you live overseas you can vote it's <laughs> each each you know in the united states each county has a a voter office you know an election office mm -hmm. and each of those offices has different procedures so if you're in county x in north Carolina, you could have one procedure and then you go to another county and you have, you know, a completely other procedure. 
Um, there's no, one of the things that we really should do is standardize our voting procedures. Um, because they're, they're not standard at all. Even if we, I was talking to some people yesterday about, they were planning to make a video about, uh, I think it was Texas, on Texas as the first primaries and this year, and how you fold the ballot. And it's a little bit like origami, how you put it back mm -hmm. in for some, for some states. And it's just like, you don't have to do all this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. Um, it's when we're recording this, it's a few days before January, the anniversary of January 6th last year. Mm -hmm. um, how do you think, I don't even know what the right way to put this is. You know, when it all happened, we were all, I mean, overseas and, and in the States, people were shocked all over the world. People were totally like, just like, oh my God, what is happening? You know, if the United States is having this kind of a problem, what will our country suffer? Um, I don't know. How do you think that America perceives January 6th now that it's been almost a year? Well, the problem is, and I've been reading, I've been reading a bunch of articles lately, um, you know, much like everybody else, you know, unless you are inside those rooms, unless you're on the uh, January 6th, you know, investigated in, investigation committee, you really don't know, you know, the truth, truth. Um, but most of America, I mean, there's, a, there's, a, I guess the biggest problem is a good portion of America feels like January 6th was justified. That the election was stolen. And because the election was stolen, you had individuals who were rightful um who were rightfully fighting for their their representation their vote to be heard and this goes back to what i was saying this is the this is the big lie this is what donald trump told all these individuals uh leading up to the election because he knew he was going to lose um and so this is how fascism works this is how authoritarianism works you know if i declare victory before you know the fight has even begun and then I declare that, you know, if I lose, it's because, you know, the game was rigged against me. There is no way my opposition, you know, I, I, I leave myself options for if the opposition does defeat me um, using the democratic process. Um, at that point, then I can tell my, my voters, my constituents, you know, see, I told you, you know, I, I proved it. I told you that the Democrats are going to steal this from me and they did it. So now, you know, you need to be angry and you need to fight and you need to fight like hell to get your country back because it's been stolen from you. This is not new. Hitler did the Hitler did the very same thing um, <laughs> in regard to advancing, you know, his causes. He learned it from Mussolini. We've seen it. Repl we've, we've seen it, you know, um, replicated all over the globe uh, since the advent of, of, of fascism. So. So, yeah, a good majority of the country um are an unfortunate majority of the country sees biden's administration as a illegal you know administration wow. um and they feel like they have to do more in 2022 wow you know um yeah we okay so that is definitely a warning we all need to do more in 2022 yep. um how do i think didn't in no, I guess North Carolina didn't have a senator up 
in, or did they? Yeah, in 2020. He won the election. Didn't he, con Tom Tillis, didn't he contest the election that it was that it was wrong for the president? If, if, if Tillis contested the election, um, I mean, well, I mean, one thing is like the Republicans are working, you know, um, hand in hand. There's no, there are no Republicans of note who are, who are backing down, save a few, like Liz Cheney is there, um, uh, pushing back, but a good majority of the Republicans have basically said, you know, we are the party of Trump now. It's not officially been, been declared, but Tillis is on board with that. Because the thing is, like, you know, they, because so many people believe the big lie, anybody who sought to validate uh, Biden's win uh, was, you know, immediately, is, is immediately excoriated, you know, uh, in all Republican channels. Um, and, and it can be, you know, a, um, a death sentence for your political career if you're a Republican to say that, you know, the Biden administration is a valid administration. Um, Tillis is a conservative representative here in North Carolina. There are a lot of, like I said, we would be a blue state if not for the gerrymandering. So, so Tillis has to, um, have to concede any position uh, to his constituency here, you know, or lose, his, or, or lose his position. So, I mean, that's, that's what we're dealing with here in North Carolina is individuals who have been, well, I mean, I don't want to say that they're, they are victims because they're, they're, they're volunteering to go along with the big lie. But yeah. individuals who are basically conceding to the fact that Trump is in charge and they can't do anything about it. Yeah, that's that's the scary part is that so many people just said, OK, well, we know Trump's a criminal. We know he's a, a, a rapist. We know, you know, we know all these terrible things. I mean, he had what was it? Trump. Trump University was closed down because it was defrauding yeah. people. Like, come yeah. on, you know, that's that's not by accident. They, they're they never allowed, they had a charity that was closed down because it mm -hmm. was stealing money from people. But I, I think that, that this is really a case of, of values. I was talking with my husband yesterday and I mean, he was, he was disgusted by something. I don't know what we were watching. We were watching something on the news and uh, and and it's just like what he said was that Republicans have twisted all the values that we hold yeah. dear. And mm -hmm. and so that when when you hear, you know, uh, patriotism or honor or something like that, you and I hear something completely different than what they hear, like the meaning. They've twisted all the meanings of words to the point where, you know, they're saying all the right words. But when they say it, it means something else, you know? Yeah. It's like, it goes for, it's, yeah. it's like 1984, you know, it's, it's Newspeak. Um, yeah. You know, uh, the, the the Ministry of Information is about suppressing information. Like, you know, they've, yes. they've inverted the meaning, the, the meaning of everything. Um, yeah. But that inversion, you know, Angela, I think needs to be appreciated for, through a specific lens. They believe they're patriots in regard to constraining um, the idea of patriot patriotism to a specific and narrow subsection 
of Americans um, behind it. And I think that I think that's the bigger problem here, um, because I've been reading the 1619 Project. Uh, behind it is the history of this country and the history of this country is rooted in racism and the racism that they don't want to acknowledge. Um, uh, and so you have this false history that's been perpetuated, you know, generation after generation after generation, because, you know, individuals um, uh, don't want to, you know, uh, address the history of the country and how the disparity has been created in this country. And so what they do instead is they hide behind or advance this romanticized, you know, idea of what America is. And that's what you see most of these authoritarian, you know, referencing when they're talking about patriotism, when they're talking about nationalism. Um, they're talking about that romanticized idea of America, not what America really is. So yes. that's what we're talking about. We, you know, they're patriotic, but they're patriotic to an illusion where the rest of America is patriotic to the reality. Yeah, that's true. You know, I was just thinking when you were talking about they want to, te the, to teach things that didn't really happen. And, yeah. you know, I was thinking about, it just kind of flashed in my mind when I was learning about slavery or even about mm -hmm. the Native Americans, you know, like, did it, no one ever asked the question, why did they have slaves? Exactly. You know, like, why? Exactly. Like, it, what, it just, it's just like, yeah, so they had slaves, you know, that's just the way it is, blah, 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 mm -hmm. you know, or, yeah, they moved all the Native Americans across the continent to another, you know, it's like, we, we're never supposed to question, and we, we can't change the past, but we can change how we interpret it, and I think we all believe that genocide and slavery is wrong in in the 21st century. Okay, most of us. I'm not going to say yeah, all most, of us. Most, most of us, yes, most of yes, us most believe of that, right? Yeah, like, it's not, not everybody. Yeah, and so it, it's, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like we have to figure out some way to educate people, like, that's, that's outside of the school system because, honestly, I think young kids kind of get it. Not all of them, yeah. but a lot of them, you know, they're looking at YouTubes, they're looking at social media, they're looking at TikTok, things like that, getting mm -hmm. information. But older people, I don't know what kind of information they're getting. Well, I mean, it goes back to what we were talking about, you know, in regard to the big lie and fascism in general. And there's an old saying, you know, um, you can't wake a person who is pretending to sleep. And that's what you're dealing with with a lot of the older people. You know, um, they know it's a lie. They know the history of this country. They know, you know, how it's created disparity and inequity um, and lack of access to the system. Um, but they know if they admit to that, then that A, will, will prove that they've been wrong about so many things in regard to how this country operates. And B, there's going, once you admit that there's a problem, what do you have to do next? Naturally, you have to address that problem. You have to do something about that problem. As long as we don't pretend, as long as we don't say that there's a problem, we pretend like the problem doesn't exist, no policy has to be changed. We can go about business as usual. We can continue to enrich ourselves. Um, and we can absolve ourselves of any kind of guilt that we might feel, feel for ignoring that problem. Yeah, that's... That's, that's, that's the issue. That's the yeah. issue. Young yeah. people, young, while they can be reached, 
there is a there is a what the what the older um old, what the old guard is trying to do with radicalizing young people is basically tell them you can believe the lie too if you perpetuate this lie just like we perpetuate this lie then there are rewards that in the rainbow you know for you if you do that yeah that's that's true i i mean i think that a lot of children are also lost already yeah. i mean if you think about i mean how many school shootings there are in america like yeah. i mean yeah it's shocking i mean there is but there's a lot of i mean there's a lot of natural dismay um that arises you know in young people you have uh financial opportunities you know that are not the, that are not the same um you know uh you know millennials you know are 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 the the idea of the american dream has been lost for a good majority of them you know we're in this gig economy now where where the idea of owning a home you know um is you know pretty unattainable for a good majority you know of of millennials um you have a planet that's you know falling apart as a result of climate change um you have you know um, a legislature you're talking about school shootings you know um you know since Sandy, whenever you saw nothing happen fundamentally after sandy hook you know you and then you have you know columbine um and the shootings you know down in down in florida you know you have children who are literally being ridiculed and called crisis actors of course that's going to create you know a bunch of cynicism in the youth all around so no wonder you know they're apathetic about their future they're apathetic about you know um the world getting better and some of them you know have resorted to you know to violence you know as a result they're going to act out some way somehow so i'm not i'm not endorsing school shootings by far but what i'm saying is i understand where you know, that frustration comes from and what it's rooted in, you know, it's, it's, it's the voice of, you know, the unheard and, and you're leading a lot of people down a path of radicalization uh, with, you know, this environment that doesn't, that doesn't give any kind of validation for their existence. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I feel like, yeah, honestly, this whole situation, it, it's like we have, for me, it's like we have a big, like, ball of yarn that's like all tangled together. And every time somebody tries to pull like a corner to straighten it out, then somebody's like, eh, no, we like our we mm -hmm. like our yarn, you know, unusable. Um, and that we 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 need someone to straighten all these things out. You mentioned climate change. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a um, mm -hmm. it's a pressing topic. It should be a pressing topic for everyone because we're at a point where we're almost at the point where the change is not going to be able to be stopped. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's run, it's, it's, it's run away. I mean, we've already, we, with the global warming that's taken, that's taken place, um, you know, we have, um, natural, uh, well, like natural gas or methane, you know, um, uh, that's been frozen under permafrost that, you know, uh, since, since the time of the dinosaurs, um, that's, you know, being, you know, released into the atmosphere. Like, you know, it's, it's already, it's already going, sea levels are already rising. Uh, and you still have individuals. We talk about Republicans being, you know, one of the main problems, but they are honestly just being true to their brand. 
Um, it's, it's the, you know, liberals, um, who are, you know, supposed to be the adults at the wheel, but, you know, even they are like, you know, we're, you know, we're going to address this, you know, in the future, whenever the time to address this, you know, is, is right now. Um, so when, so they are enabling, you know, uh, this, this global crisis. Yeah, I know. It makes me, um, yeah, it, I mean, right now, the situation with the Build Back Better bill, which was just a, even at its largest size, was just a minor, like, fix for the climate. Like, it wasn't going to tackle everything. And then we have two two Democratic senators who've been bought off, uh, yep. who just are just like, no, absolutely not. And I think that, I think that people don't understand that it's a real crisis. Yeah. And that somehow people haven't been able to either have the threads all pulled together. You know, all this weird weather that we're seeing, that um, that quad state tornado that, yeah. that, that happened, the fact that mm-hmm. it snowed in California and that in, in uh, Colorado there was a wildfire that in the middle mm-hmm. of winter. Like, what? Mm-hmm. You know? And, and also the temperatures in the United States over the holidays were like spring and yeah, summer in some places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it, it snowed here in North Carolina. It snowed yesterday. Um, and prior to that, it was like, you know, the, the high sixties, almost seventies. Um, it's cold today, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. Like it's, it's crazy. Wild wildfire season used to be, you know, one particular time of year and now it's yeah. year round. Um, yeah. And so people are, I, I, that goes back to, you know, the media not putting to putting two and two together, uh, because the media is also owned by you know corporations that benefit from you know us ignoring the problem and you know don't look up. Yeah, don't yeah. So you saw don't look up then. Um, yeah. What what? So this might be a little spoilery, but uh, mm-hmm. don't worry. Uh, you can still watch it. You we I don't think we're gonna spoil it that much. Um, yeah. What'd you think about this movie? I thought it was, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was genius. Um, and, you know, once I found out that it was written, you know, um, prior to, you know, uh, the election of Donald Trump, you know, um, and basically uh, reinforced everything that we've been going through over the past couple of years. You know that's that's what blew my mind that much that much more. I mean, there are, people have been sounding the alarm about this. You know, Al Gore was sounding the alarm about this, and you know, and mocked about it whenever he was you know running for um, during his presidential campaign. He was talking about the environment. You know, we with Bernie Sanders. You know, was talking about you know these issues. You know, um, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez has been talking about these issues. And so you have all of these individuals, you know, in our government um, and outside of our government and academic institutions, um, you know, anti-intellectualism has been at an all-time high where it's either, you know, let's dismiss those people who are certified in all of these areas who are telling us about all of these problems um, because it hurts our bottom line right now, yes. you know, um, or, yeah, you know, or it's unpleasant to talk about. That was exactly. what the part in the movie that really it really got me. It was like, oh, there's there's two scientists, a male and a female, and they didn't like mm-hmm. the woman because she was too mm-hmm. shrill, you know, because she was like, we're all gonna die, and and, and mm-hmm. everybody is like, 
oh, don't say such harsh things on TV. You know, it's, it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, that's the part that gets me. It's like, well, how should you say it? Like, that, exactly. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. really? <laughs> I totally know. I totally agree. I mean, there's certain things. I mean, if, if, if a building is on fire, you know, you're not trying to figure out, you know, how to tone police the individual, you know, who is warning you about the blaze, you know, you're trying to figure out what's the best way to exit, you know? Yeah, you know, that's you true. You do, they're, you they're yelling for help and you're like, could you speak a little less loud? No, <laughs> <laughs> it's very disturbing. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I found that movie, it, I thought it hit the nail on the head about how, how we're really handling climate change, which means we're, we're actually not doing anything. And I don't just mean yeah. in the United States, I mean around the world. And I know that there's in countries, there are people that are doing things. But if you yeah. imagine that there is what, 9 billion people in the world, the number mm -hmm. of people that are actually doing the something is like less than 1%. And on top of that too, you know, uh, a good majority of the world is not responsible for this yes. climate change we are we, we, now we're starting to talk a little bit about climate justice you know there's like six companies um that conduct the majority of you know the shipping um yep. you know all over the world that's contributing to you know these uh these gases um that are raising the climate uh, uh the global climate temperature and we aren't talking about anything uh any kind of legal process you know to to regulate you know that behavior um and that could shut down everything you know uh, at least not shut down everything but slow down uh yes. things significantly but we're not even willing to go there yeah and what's amazing to me is in a lot of ways the the way we transport things and people mm -hmm. hasn't actually changed in good Good 50 years, you know, like it's just, you know, it's just now that things are starting to sort of people are thinking about electric cars or electric rail or, you know, trucks that use elect that use batteries or even mm -hmm. sometimes planes. I'm not sure how that's going to work. But, you know, I saw I saw a video the other day. It was about which 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 it was about how they wanted to create supersonic jets and there's like five companies in the world working on them and it's like why would you want to wouldn't a supersonic jet use more fuel mm -hmm. so we're not that's that's a that's a change to aviation but it's not in the direction that we want to go like we're trying to mm -hmm. clear up the sky like not <laughs> not just make this make it faster like if you dump out the same amount of pollution but you get there faster is what's changed you know, and a jet, and you know, supersonic jets are going to require very, very refined, you know, fossil fuel. Um, so you're going to have to pump more fossil fuel, right. you know, to 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 power, you know, um, uh, a device like that. Same thing about, you know, Elon Musk, you know, um, and Jeff Bezos, you know, space. building, you know, rockets to go to, to space. Every single time you're la launching one of those rockets, you're burning, you know, that that you know, supersonic. You know, right. uh, fuel. The jet so, fuel, which is which is more has more CO two in it than your exactly. car does. A lot more. Exactly. Yeah, I I think that yeah, we've just really gone off the deep end as far as 
as our society as a whole. You know, like we're, we're just completely ignoring everything that's happening. And it's like, yeah, let's go to space. Um, yeah, sure. We'll just ship everything. You know, everybody remember in the summer, there was this thing in the Suez Canal, the, the ship was blocked mm -hmm. and, you know, <laughs> and it's like, if you saw how many ships were in the line, like how mm -hmm. many ships are there in the ocean right now? I have no idea, mm -hmm. but it's thousands, hundreds of thousands. Mm -hmm. And we're not, yeah, there's so many areas where we need to do something about, and we can't even get just... I don't even know. I can't even remember what the what the Build Back Better bill was, but I think part of it was converting a lot of a lot of things to solar power and wind. Um, mm -hmm. Like we can't even get that. That's just a, yeah. a, a negligible thing, you know. Yeah, um, and that, I mean that's the the big problem is that we are in late stage capitalism, and those individuals, you know, who benefit the most um, from you know, what we've been doing thus far, you know, they don't want to change their business model. Um, and just like we're seeing with Jeff Bezos um, and Elon Musk, you know, there is an opportunity for, I mean, those people who are ultra wealthy, super rich, you know, back to don't look up, they can build, you know, um, places in the sky, uh, you know, satellite, you know, places yeah. of satellite operation but then you know it's either you're ultra rich you can get off the planet or you're super rich and you can build a bunker on the planet and you think that you know you can hole up there and yeah. wait while, that's really kind of a joke like you think yeah. i mean it, it's all a joke that a that you could think you can get off the planet where are you going you know exactly. <laughs> where are you going and then secondly with the number of storms wind storms and floods and fires like i would not want to be in a bunker underground because no. you know it's like it's not it's not a good we don't have a lot of good options except to actually have regulation and rules on all this stuff that take effect that that happen before 2050 like yeah that's just some kind of a cruel joke like well <laughs> we're not gonna make it that long <laughs> The Paris, I mean, the Paris Climate Accord that Trump pulled out of like, a, like an idiot um, was basically the beginning of what I feel like, you know, we needed to have happen um, in order for us to address this, you know, properly. The Paris Climate Accord was at least an attempt to create some kind of international or, or global um, uh, think tank. Yeah. Um, where we can start to coordinate resources. Because what you're talking about, you know, really is about coordination of resources across okay. countries. Um, and there's no incentivization for that. There's no incentive to do that with it built into capitalism. Capitalism is all about competition. You know, if I can build great widgets here in this country, you know, I'm going to use, I'm going to build all my widgets here so I can compete with the widgets that are being built, you know, in Africa. So we're going to use all of the resources here to build all the widgets that I possibly can here domestically to sell them, you know, um, you know, abroad, you know, for profit. But if I'm thinking about coordinating, you know, with Africa and, you know, coordinating, you know, how food is being distributed or how power is being allocated, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, solar power could be harvested better, you know, in the desert, and then we can build wires, you know, that yes. go to you know other countries where solar power is not as you know accessible 
And that way we can start to offset, you know, some of, you know, our problems. But we view power as a commodity that yes. needs to be, you know, hoarded, you know, and kept from other people. Um, because we need all that power to build our widgets here, you know, and that's where fascism comes into play. That's where that nationalism, that hyper, that hyper focus on me, 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 you know, um, is killing the planet. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. I, I feel like there's that, yes, capitalism is definitely the main cause of this, but everyone is so concerned about losing money and I just don't, I, like I said, I just don't think they understand the problem. You know, yeah. like, like you're not going to need any money because there's not going to be. Dead. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. Like, we're all dead. Yeah. No one to buy anything. No one to sell anything, you know. <laughs> yeah. No and, air and that's, to breathe. No, no air to, to breathe. Drink. That's right. Nothing, nothing of this nature. You know, I have always been wondering like in the the east part of the United States every year during hurricane season and also this normal like flooding of all the various rivers and why we have pipelines that bring oil and gas all across mm -hmm. the nation. Why don't we have water pipelines to, to exactly. outload some of this water from the east to the west that needs it because they are desperately in need of water in the west. Like it's yeah. it's um the colorado river and all these dams that they have and the and i think it's mm -hmm. like four states california arizona um nevada yeah they have some kind of a compact to share this river mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I just saw something about this and and the the compact that they made at the time was like i don't know 20 30 years ago but it actually allocated more water than was in the river at the time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now that the water is getting low, you know, mm -hmm. everyone wants their water. Mm -hmm. And it's just not, you know, there's no way for it to happen. Like if there's no water in the river or the water, the, the water, actually you could see in the video, like where the water was and how far down it was compared to what it, what it should have been. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't understand the, how people. By the time it gets, by the time it gets to the end. You know, yeah. uh, it, it's a trickle. It's, it's, yes. It's not even a stream. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of these, um, a lot, there's a lot of like hydroelectric power on this river also that's powering the electricity. And they worry that they're not going to be able to be able to power it. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, this is, this is why we need to all get together and talk about these problems and figure out solutions because it's a solution, you know, we can't keep being in our own little bubbles. So I work in yeah. this industry and I'm working on this and, you know, and I'm doing this and I'm trying to farm and I need water. And, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's, we all have to work together. And I just feel like there's no mechanism to do that right now. No, there's not. I mean, we used to have United Nations, you know, um, and at least, you know, some kind of global commitment, you know, to, to help and support one another. But because of, the rising authoritarianism around the globe. It's like everybody's like, you know, shutting their own doors and batting down their own hatches and trying to deal domestically with their own problems. Um, the last time we had some kind of, you know, global, we, we have, we, we've had a couple times where we as a global species have worked um, with one another. One is the International Space Station. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the other one that comes to mind, you know, is, you know, uh, 
the uh, the Panama Canal. It's like we were talking about. Yeah, we were talking about the fact that it was blocked up. But if we talk about, you know, the 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 engineering feat um, that the Panama Canal, you know, was at the time of its creation, we need something similar like that. We need something similar that's going to um, that's going to not only inspire globally, but create some kind of buy-in, you know, um, globally for our, for all countries that are involved. You know, you're talking about the water shortage. It would be great if we had water pipes. The biggest problem that we have right now, I mean, we're, we're on a planet that's, you know, a majority of water, but a majority of that water is salt water. Um, desalination, desalination plants are removing the water, removing the salt from that water you know, requires a lot of energy. But what if we had, you know, that energy being harvested, you know, like I said, in the desert, nothing grows in the desert, correct? So if we had nothing but, you know, huge solar arrays, you know, in the in the desert um, that were pumping energy to, you know, uh, desalination plants all over, you know, the globe, um, then, you know, we can, we can kind of, you know, begin to offset, offset that, you know, um, yes. you know, geothermal uh um geothermal plants where we're using you know the heat from uh the planet itself to to boil off that water you know to to get rid of some of the salt in it and pump that you know into in further into continents that could be another solution too but we're not we're not talking about that because that requires coordination between yes. you know governments and we don't want to do that yeah and that's that's the only way that we're going to solve it but you know uh, just to go back a little bit an actual good news story about the environment is, I don't if know if you remember or if you even knew that there was a hole in the ozone layer. Yeah. Um, and I think it was like in the 90s or 90s or yeah, something yeah, like 80s, that. Yeah, there was, you're saying you needed to like stop using hairspray and stuff hairspray like that. Hairspray yeah. and the type of uh, <laughs> hydrofluorocarbons, yeah, that, that went yeah. in air conditioning and stuff like that. Well, the hole is closing and what we did mm -hmm. worked. And but we had mm -hmm. to all work together to, you know, every country around the world had to make this illegal to use this, yeah. these kind of things. And so the hole is closing up. And so that is yeah. a success story of how we as humans affected the climate, mm -hmm. affected the earth in a positive manner to stop something negative. I mean, if we hadn't done that, we probably wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation. True. You know, true, like, true, true. <laughs> like, so so things can work but people have to be committed to them and it's and i think a lot of governments around the world are no longer committed to the environment they're just not i mean it's because just like you're saying we have to be committed to them the only way that we can be committed the only way you're going to follow any kind of leadership is if, is if you believe in that leadership you believe that leadership has your best interest at heart um because we've allowed our government um, at least here in, in America, and, um, and this is why it's great talking to you because you, you have an international perspective. Um, but our government here is has been bought by special interests. That those are the individuals you know who control our water, our power, you know, gun control, um, and you don't. And as a result, you don't have you know um, a, a population that believes in government, and that's what has made um, the American political landscape, you know, so, so tumultuous um, and vulnerable to authoritarianism. 
whenever yeah. you have chaos, whenever you, whenever things aren't in control and people are, they're looking for someone, they're looking for strong. They're looking for people who to say, you know, I have this really fast, easy, simple solution. You know, even if it's a lie, people want to believe that versus, okay, now I have to listen to this government that's been lying to us, you know, for this long and got us to this point. Like, you know, it's, it's very, very hard for individuals to buy into that. Yeah, I, I completely understand because it is hard, you know. I mean, our governments have lied to us yeah. about about even things that they didn't actually have to lie about, you know. They, yeah. They've lied to us about it. And so it is hard. But in the case of the environment, we've either got to elect people. Well, we've got to do both. Elect people who want, who are concerned about the climate crisis that we're in, or we're going to have to force the ones who are kind of on the fence. Because there's a lot of people that are like, they give it lip service. Oh, I love, you know, I want to take care of the environment, blah, blah, blah. But when it comes down to what they vote for, you know, or what they would, would sign on to, it's no, they're more concerned about how it will affect business. And this is, I don't think that we should totally ignore the needs of business, but businesses have to adapt i'm sorry mm -hmm. you know does anybody is there anyone in the world who's sad about all the millions of people that were in the horse and buggy trade at yeah. the turn of the the 20th century yeah. you know no one no one cares about these people <clears throat> you know i mean because there literally were millions of people who lost their livelihood because people switched from horses and carts and things like this to cars true, that was true. that was last century you know and now if you owning a horse is like something special and having you know horse stables or something is something for the rich and you know mm -hmm. it's 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 a specialty hobby not yeah and we, <laughs> yeah. And we also and we also created we also created regulations like if you, just like you're saying you know if you took it if i if i had a horse and i had a buggy and I try to take that horse and buggy onto the highway, you know, here in Raleigh, you know, I would immediately be, I, I would immediately be told by the cops to take it off. Yeah. Um, so we've, we've enacted regulations to accommodate these kinds of developments in the past and, you know, motivate individuals, you know, to, 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 to change, to, to give incentives to individuals, you know, to evolve. But we haven't, we haven't done that. Um, in a lot of in a lot of ways in regard to climate change as a matter of fact there's more top there's talk about taxing electric vehicles um more because of the fact that they're not getting the same return in regard to you know revenue that they get from you know gas-powered vehicles um and so it's like you know every, for every single time we we find a way to take two steps forward there's some kind of 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 bureaucratic um uh, uh handcuffs that being that are put on yeah. by the powers that be until we get our our society out of the grip of the fossil fuel country companies out of the grip of the pharmaceutical companies out of the, out of the grip of um uh alcohol tobacco firearms uh conglomerate you know that's the problem we're going to be dealing with we're dealing with people who who are determined uh, to make sure that they finish in the black, you know, even if at the end of every year, even if the world burns, 
as a result of. Yes, that's, you know, um, I don't know if this, I'm sure it happens in the United States, but on Facebook, at least in Germany, where I am, ExxonMobil is constantly advertising. There's a, yep. there's a, an ad that's constantly coming up, and every time I see it, I write a bad comment on it. Um, because, well, because I'm just like, why are you trying to push this? You know, we know who you are, you know, they're like, mm -hmm. we're building the future. We're planning for all, you know, it's like, no, you're not, <laughs> you are sucking on the past. And that's what you want. That's what you want. You know, you don't want, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy that, that we're actually more concerned about making money. I mean, then, then our own lives. And I mean, okay, we're both adults, but people are, are constantly saying, I want to take care of climate change because of the kids. And I get that, but you're going to be experiencing it too. You know, like we're yeah. not going to, I'm not mm -hmm. going to die at home in my bed, you know, when I'm a hundred years old. Like, <laughs> do you, it, mm -hmm. It's not, it's not going to be like, well, in what is it that they always say 20 2100 as like some kind mm -hmm. of you know marker like out there in the future it's like no 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 you're you're mistaken <laughs> this is happening it'll be in your lifetime yes it's in your it's 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 been in my whole lifetime you know um mm -hmm. i think they said that 1985 was the first year where you could noticeably see climate change mm -hmm. and i remember that year very very well it was, I, I grew up in Ohio and Ohio used to be a place where you just didn't need air conditioning. Like it just wasn't, you know, like it would maybe get warm for like two weeks, like in August and then it would not, and that was it. But I, yeah, 1985 was the hottest summer that I ever spent in Ohio and nobody had any air conditioning. And I remember my family ordering a, an air conditioner, a central, central air for the, for the house because it was just like. Yeah, we never needed it before, and then all of a sudden it just got unmanageably hot. Um, mm -hmm. And that's, and that's, and throughout my whole life, that's all that's been happening, is that the weather has been getting weirder, the temperatures have been getting hotter. I mean, you can look at the, you can look at some of the diagrams that NASA has, you know, the, the charts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can see it, it just, it's hot, 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 and it keep, keeps going up. Um, yeah, which is also concerning because I know we wanted to talk a little bit more about fascism. No, I mean it. it no, but this time, I mean this, this ties into that because yeah. the more things are destabilized, the more um, the more people feel like their needs are not going to get met. The more fear is 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 instilled in the general populace. The more people start to look toward authoritarian leaders, like all this like climate change, you know, political instability, um, you know, uh, you know, water shortages, all of this contributes to war overpopulation, uh, pandemic, all this is chaos. And all this chaos stability. And they're gonna look for stability they can find it. And if, you know, the powers that be who claim to be in control cannot provide that stability, they're going to go and look for, you know, someone who is. Um, and that's where fascism comes into play. That's where nationalism comes into play. Because I'm not, if my house is on fire, I don't give a shit about my neighbor and their house being on fire. Their house can be flooding, but, you know, my house is on fire. So, you know, logic would say, 
Well, if I take a bucket and I go over to my neighbor's house and I grab some of that water, I can take it over to my house and throw it on my fire. I can put it out. But we don't think like that. We think my, my neighbor's house is flooding. Sucks to be them. You know, um, you know, I need to go ahead and, and look out for, you know, my 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 family, my friends. Um, and so our house burns down. Their house goes underwater and we, we both lose. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. The simple, you know, I've never quite understood how people, you know, if somebody tells you, well, you've lost your job or you're going to lose your job because all these immigrants or something like that. And it's like, that is not why you're going to lose your job. You know, it's because whoever runs the company has decided they want to hire cheaper labor or move it out of the country or whatever. It's not all the other people's fault. People actually, years and years ago, if people had said, we're going to have solidarity with um, our like migrant workers and we Mm -hmm. want them to make as much money as we do, Mm -hmm. it would have been different. It's the same thing with with uh, women. If men had supported women and said, okay, we want them to be paid as much. Now people just hire women for jobs that that they don't want to pay men a decent salary for. So they just, they shortchange mm-hmm. the women and they shortchange the men. It's, mm-hmm. it's what, it's really, it, we all have to have solidarity. Otherwise we're not going to make it out of any of these crises like, like COVID. Um, yes. how's, how's COVID going? Well, I mean, I just read there's a new variant on the horizon um, that um, I think was discovered in, uh, I think it was discovered probably in France, um, but it's not here. Domestically, we're, we're, we're dealing with the Omicron variant now. Uh, Another just, variant? Oh my God, no. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, but this is what, I mean, but this is what's going to happen. Like this is, this is a byproduct of late stage capitalism. You know, you have pharmaceutical, co- pharmaceutical companies that are benefiting from you know all these different i'm not anti-vax at all i'm vaccinated you know um and boosted uh with the fires of vaccine but this is a natural byproduct of, of, of late stage capitalism unless you have people we have incentivized not addressing um any crisis uh in any kind of way that is going to give us a resolution yeah. you know we benefit more so from problems continuing to 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 perpetuate um, themselves and so because of that you're going to have variant after variant after variant because you have you know um, a political machine um, a media machine that's constantly saying you know that that's giving all of this mixed information from all these different sources and making it seem like you know your opinion that that opinions are the same as facts because there's money to be made (laughs) There's yeah. money to be made. Yeah, that's, you know, I, that's, that's what's so incredible to me is that there are people who are, you know, I'm not a doctor or a scientist. So in a lot of ways, I'm not qualified to judge the vaccine. Like whether, you know, I only have to either just read like what the medical people are saying or talk to my doctor or whatever. And all these people who are sitting at home looking at Facebook, I don't know what they're seeing because... I don't know that many anti-vax people, you know, mm-hmm. so I don't see the stuff that they post or whatever, but I can't even imagine what it is that says, yeah, don't take this vaccination because 
because I, okay what was the one thing that you get a chip injected into you or yeah. some other crazy nonsense like this and chips, I, it'll change your it'll change your dna you know you're gonna grow another arm like you know, <laughs> i mean all kinds of you know of you know it's it'll make you magnetic like there's all kinds oh of, i like, saw you know, that i saw a yeah. video about this this woman was at some meeting and she was like yeah. sticking a magnet on I'm her but it yeah, yeah, and I'm just like, what? Like, and it wasn't no. sticking. So yeah. I don't, I don't know. I've, I, yeah, I'm vaccinated and boosted too, and I'm just really glad, like, that I am, that I can at least have some freedom of movement. Because in, in Germany, they're not joking anymore about yeah. this. They're not, and you have to. We have digital vaccine passes, and when you go into, like, if you go to the grocery store or to the gas station or to the pharmacy or something. You can go into those if you don't have a vaccine, but other stores like clothing stores, shoes, you know, any kind of restaurants or nightlife or whatever, you have to have your vaccine. And in some cases you have to have a booster. And if you don't have the booster, you have to have a test mm -hmm. and you have mm -hmm. to show the proof. And they won't let you in like they have people i was really surprised they changed the rule like at the beginning of last month and and they have people in different stores sitting in the front of the store just just for that to keep you if you don't have a vaccine you cannot come in here and um i wish we could be a little stronger about it actually <laughs> I mean, yeah no i mean i i i mean i'm totally i'm totally with it i mean i i believe uh, while while i'm against mandate i am totally for individual businesses you know um being able to enforce those types of restrictions um i'm for schools being able being able to enforce any place public that you that you choose to go yes. you know those restrictions you know should be there like you know if you don't want no one no one's forcing you to go get vaccinated but you know you need to recognize i mean just like freedom freedom, freedom of speech you can say anything you want. Freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom freedom from consequence. It's yeah. the same thing. You know, you you can choose not to get vaccinated, but the numbers don't lie. These dead bodies are not crisis actors. No. They're not crisis corpses. These are real individuals who were alive one day. They got sick from this shit. Now they're not alive anymore. Yeah. That's, you, that's not denied. Um, <laughs> so... If you want to, if you want to live in the in, in that world of you know five G magnetic you know um, delusion, <laughs> live in that world, but just stay your ass home. That's what I see. Just yes. stay home. Yes, your, they don't want to stay home though. They exactly. want to. They the don't want to. You know, this is this is. I have this. I mean, and I know that that the rules are more strict. Like you have to wear a mask anytime you go inside of something, mm -hmm. like here. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, doesn't matter what it is. You got to wear a mask. And the people that, that, that don't believe in COVID. And I mean, there's, I think it's like, it's basically like 20 to 30% of every population. They don't, they don't believe in the vaccination. They don't think it'll work or they'll, it'll do something crazy. And they also don't want to wear masks. Exactly. Which That's is the problem. Which is just like, okay, so fine, don't get vaccinated, but please don't get all up in my face or, you know, <laughs> like, like, stay back. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I've met, yeah, uh, I've met a couple of people that, that didn't get vaccinated and they were, they were both really shocked when we were outside when I was talking to them and I just put my mask on. Like when I found out they weren't vaccinated, they, they all felt 
insulted. And I'm just like, yeah. well, I'm, you're, you're the problem now. Yeah, I'm the problem. Like, I'm rude. You know, <laughs> I'm rude because I'm putting on my mask. But I don't want to get COVID because if I get COVID, then when I come home, I'll give it to my husband and my son. And I don't want to do that either. You know, we we had like the other day, we kind of like just kind of since Omicron is everywhere and it's spreading so fast. And I was just like, if one of us got COVID, what would we do? You know, it's and we it's not like we have a small house or something. It's just that, you know, we're sharing everything. We're sharing yeah. the spaces and you can't yeah. you can't really just like like what bathroom Quarantine the room. Yes, yeah. you can't can't just keep people like no, you don't get to go to the bathroom, you don't get to eat, you know, you're you're just locked in your room. I don't I we still didn't figure it out. So <laughs> I just just have to make sure it doesn't happen. For yeah, sure. I think it could I think it goes down to that. I think it goes back to the magical thinking. And I think a lot of people feel helpless. And, and the mask wearing thing is, is one of those positions where people can feel empowered. Um, and they can make a choice and they can choose, you know, they, while they're being told to do something, you know, um, they can, you know, use their agency to control their destiny. Um, but which is which is fine if you're on the island by yourself that's right but we live in a community we live in a global community um where you know we where the bodies have are, are being piled up you know uh, into the millions at this point um yes. and so you know we got to consider that and and we one thing that you know we don't value um, as a result of how we conduct business on this planet is empathy as a skill. I feel like empathy is a skill um, and it has to be nurtured and developed. But because of how we conduct business um, and how it benefits, you know, um, it benefits capitalists to be predatory, um, we, we, we don't. We don't encourage that. We, 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 we think of empathy as a weakness. And I think that we're paying for that. Uh, for sure. We're also paying for our rugged individualism, too. That, too. We've, that not, too. we've never lived in a time when the earth wasn't more connected. With the people yeah. of the earth were more with travel, with, you know, communications, with goods, services. Like, we're all really super connected and dependent on people. But now we have all these people who are like... I'm independent and what I do doesn't affect anybody. And even, um, even in all these countries where you have these sort of these fascist they think that they're, they need us just like we need yeah. them, mm -hmm. you know, like they need us just like we need them. But mm -hmm. And same with all these people, you know, I have a, I normally in the summer, I have, I grow a garden and I can pretty much, you know, feed my family. Once we start producing fruits uh, of, of the plants, I can feed my family with the food. But mm -hmm. if I had to do that 12 months out of the year, first, I would need to grow a whole lot more. Second, mm -hmm. I don't even think I could store enough food. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, it's like people are living in these fantasies, you know, a lot of people who want to go off grid and be independent mm -hmm. and whatever, but they, they're not though. 
They still go yeah. into town. Even the settlers yeah. still went into town to get supplies. Yeah. Like there's no, exactly. <laughs> there's no like, you can't do it all yourself, but we're stuck in this idea that yeah, I'm independent. People think they're independent because they have money to buy things. Yeah. <laughs> like that's and not. How, and, how do, and, and how does your independence protect you from, I mean, from the next pandemic? Like, you know, how are you aware of, you know, new variants that pop up, you know, um, if, if, if COVID becomes more virulent or, or, you know, knock on wood, um, or more deadly, you know, how are you going to know, you know, what you need to do to protect yourself, you know, from that. And, and that's just talking about like, you know, that kind of biological threat, you know, uh, what about, you know, North Korea, you know, that's created, you know, missiles now that can penetrate, you know, um, defenses of countries uh, because they are hypersonic uh, missiles. What about invasions from other countries? What about space threats? Um, you know, how you can't, your rugged individualism is not going to be able to fight against the Russian army if they invade. Nope, so, it's not. You, and just speaking about that one, when you said invasions, um, I am always, I've been concerned about Ukraine Yeah. for, I mean, so. it's, it's, it's not that close to Germany, but it's too close. If you know what I mean, I hear you. <laughs> you know, I hear you. <laughs> I'm concerned about Ukraine and I'm concerned about Taiwan. Um, yeah. you know, both of them, because the fact is the alliance between the two bullies, you know, um, who are imposing on both of, of those countries, um, you know, is, is very mutually beneficial. Um, you know, China has wanted to have control over the East for a good while, and Taiwan um, yes. has been an affront to their authority for, you know, some years now. <laughs> um, same thing, you know, for, you know, the, the Ukraine. Um, now, given if Russia does invade Ukraine, that means that, you know, they'll be, you know, right next door with a NATO country, but with the weakness of NATO and, you know, our, um, you know, our withdrawal from, uh, you know, assisting a lot of countries and supporting NATO over the years, um, you know, I, there's nothing for Russia to lose by invading Ukraine. You know, we would have to find some way to spark some kind of alliance to push back. And I don't know if we have enough people around the globe who would, who would, who would hop on board with America oh, if they did that. I think there'd be a lot of people. Really, it, that can't happen. Putin doesn't mm -hmm. know what he's doing. Um, I'm not like a warmonger or anything, but mm -hmm. that's the wrong place to go. Like, like it's oh. going to, you're going to kick off some stuff that, you know, the problem with violence is that you don't know how it's going to turn out. This is true. This is true. This is true. It's the same thing, but the same argument can be made. If you have nothing to lose, uh, and that's where, you know, Russia has been, you know, their population is aging and, and declining. Um, yes. and, and there's nothing worse for an autocrat than to have a perception of weakness, um, because they have nothing else to stand on. He doesn't have, you know, uh, Putin doesn't have any policy that's beneficial to the globe. No. Um, you know, they, they, there's nothing, even in regard to energy, um, we talked about climate change and the fact that climate change, the main reason why, you know, Russia is, is, is an advocate or has been pushing for um, less regulation is because there are fossil fuel deposits that are now acceptable that weren't before. 
Um, but the problem, the problem with the whole world going green is those fossil fuel deposits, their value is decreasing as, you know, people are, as countries are starting to invest more and more in green energy. So if they're going to act, they need to act now. And there's no greater drive for fossil fuel price value than war because yeah. we don't have tanks that we don't have electric tanks we don't yeah. have electric planes you know we don't have electric you know we have nuclear submarines we have some nuclear ships but right. a good majority of a war machine is going to require a lot of fossil fuel so that's what makes me more concerned about what's going on with china um north korea and russia is it's an unholy alliance at the most inopportune time they've got to act on it now They've got to act on it now because by the time the whole world goes green, like, you know, now there's no incentive, you know, to, to purchase barrels upon barrels upon barrels. Yeah, but, you know, this is what gets me. Figure something else out to do. You have. I, I agree with just you. Just figure agree. something else out. Jesus Christ. Yeah. We, you know, I mean, <laughs> this is, you know, it, it, but the, I, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, the, what you're saying is that, yeah, this is the time, but. Come on, we don't need any war. Like, we, we're finally, the United States has been in war, I think, my whole life. And this mm -hmm. is the first time we don't have a war. Yeah. You know, no, okay? We need, <laughs> we, need to bring, we need to bring Russia to the table. We need to bring China to the table. We need to, put, we need to figure out some kind of global solution that gives them a foothold or, or some kind of, you know, um, uh, guarantee that their interests are going to be considered in the future. Um, but then we're also dealing with a lot of money from a lot of people. You know, um, if yeah. Putin feels like, you know, he's going to look weak by negotiating with America, he's not going to do it. If China feels like they're going to look weak by negotiating with America, they're not going to do it. So we've got to incentivize humanity. We've got to, we've got to create some kind of, 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 of some kind of weight um, on these powers that be that outweighs the influence of, you know, the powerful and the rich that, you know, have these individuals, you know, over a barrel. Wow. Sounds like a general strike, but uh, that's just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm there. I'm there. But when you start talking like that, then that's when the powers that be start looking at you like, oh, well, this, this, these individuals are terrorists. Listen, listen, listen to this terrorist yeah. talk right here. They yeah, I know. the whole planet. So, yeah. only until we get our way. <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. Uh, that's it. That's not, not forever. But, yeah. Um, wow. We've had a very wide-ranging conversation. Um, thank it's you. It's all connected. It's all connected. Yeah, it's all... That's the, that's the thing. Everything is all connected. There's nothing that's not connected. And I think we'll all do better if we just remember that. Like... Instead of taking everything as a separate issue, especially with politics, everything is connected, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's fortunate that things are connected, too, because, yes. you know, I mean, it should give us a greater, our connection to the earth and other people should give us a greater incentive to try to make it good. But somehow, it just doesn't do that. <laughs> True. Sure, sure. Well, it's been um, it's been great to talk with you, and um, I hope you'll come back and see us again. 
I am. I'm, I, I enjoyed this too, Angela, thoroughly. And hopefully, we'll hold together until we can have another conversation. <laughs> I hope so too. Um, Happy New Year's again, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Happy New Year. The revolution will not be televised. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of Whitney Young being run out of Harlem on the rail with a brand new process. There will be no slow motion or still life of Roy Wilkins strolling through Watts in a red, black, and green liberation jumpsuit that he has been saving for just the proper occasion. Green Acres, Beverly Hillbillies, and Hooterville Junction will no longer be so damn relevant, and women will not care if Dick finally got down with Jane on search for tomorrow, because black people will be in the street looking for a brighter day. The revolution will not be televised. There will be no highlights on the 11 o'clock news and no pictures of Harry Arm, woman liberationist, and Jackie Onassis blowing her nose. The theme song will not be written by Jim Webb or Francis Scott Key, nor sung by Glenn Campbell, Tom Jones, Johnny Cash, Engelbert Humperdinck, or The Rare Earth. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be right back after a message about a white tornado, white lightning, or white people. You will not have to worry about a dove in your bedroom, the tiger in your tank, or the giant in your toilet bowl. The revolution will not go better with coke. The revolution will not fight germs that may cause bad breath. The revolution will put you in the driver's seat. The revolution will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised. The revolution will be no rerun, brothers. The revolution will be live.